News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio, where you want it, when you want it. Good morning, and welcome to Garden Talk on 650-CKOM and 980-CJME. Waking up to some kind of wicked weather uh, this morning. If you're listening to us in the replay this afternoon, they might be in a different uh, different scenario, but very interesting this morning. Of course, we've got one of the Van Dyven Dykes with us, like always, and Rick is joining us by phone. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. Yeah, just a little bit uh, dicey on the roads. Uh, <laughs> my recommendation is Highway 11, if you're heading toward Regina from Saskatoon, Stay home. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. It's it's like the semis are driving like sixty kilometers an hour. I just went out on the road just to check what it was like to see I get in and they're snow covered, ice covered, they're everything. Snow plows have been out. Uh, so they do have this, an, an opening, at least one lane opened most of the way. And um, but uh, yeah, up near Dundurn, it's um, not not nice roads. No. Not at all, not at all. Nope. In fact, uh, if you're listening to us uh, right now uh, this morning, that's fantastic. We'll keep you updated here this morning. If you're listening to us with the replay this afternoon, we may have a different scenario. So make sure you're rechecking that highway hotline. Just taking a look at that, Rick, uh, it is between Saskatoon and Regina. Travel not recommended the entire way on Highway 11. But the c- scenario is actually worse down in the southern part of the province, as you may have just heard in our uh, our news update with Alex. Uh, Swift Current over to Mortlach, that is closed on Highway 1. Moose Jaw has travel not recommended around all highways in and out, and all highways in and out of Regina, except for Highway 11, are also closed at this point. And I had just spoken with uh, our Jill Van Dyke, who would normally be with us today, but she's in Regina, <laughs> and she's uh, she just passed along this. She said she's, you know, they're trying to figure out how they're going to get to the rink because they're she's there for some hockey stuff with her kids, right? And uh, yeah, she's not quite sure because roads are really awful in Regina right now so yeah and there's a lot going on in regina this weekend there was a speed skating tournament there was a dance competition there was a ringette tournament there was football uh there <laughs> there was there's lots going on and there's people stuck there because they had lots of rain like my niece came back and she from regina and she ended up stopping here because she was white knuckled she stayed the night and she said it was raining hard from pretty hard from uh, regina to davidson and then from davidson last night it turned to ice and then once she got a little closer to keniston it was just all like like snow and ice so it was that was last night probably around uh uh, I would say around eight o'clock. So it was, it was, the roads are not good. So nope. just stay off the weekend. That's all I can say. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's going to take, if we go with thick ice like that, it takes a long time to get that melted off or scraped off or worn down because. Well, it, the snow, snow trucks are going to put, they're going to put, they're going to clear the snow off first. And then the second path they're going to do, they're going to put salt down. So it's going to take a little bit of time. That's right. Exactly. And again, if you're listening to our replay this afternoon on Sunday afternoon, uh, recheck that highway hotline. These are the current conditions here this morning as we are live. All all right, uh, I guess we should talk about some plant stuff. Welcome to Garden Talk. one 332 8255 A couple ways you can uh, join the, cov- the, the, the the show today. You can text us with that line, or you can call us as well. Uh, so, yeah, getting some texts, even just, you know, earlier, uh, you know, with this winter storm, people saying, yeah, stay home, rat roads are bad. We've had a few of those texts already come in uh, as well. So if you got a text or want to text us, want to call us, that's the number, one 332 8255 What's going on in the garden center right now, Rick? What's happening? 
Well, right now we just took down the pumpkin maze, and now we're getting set up. Actually, if you think about it, we're getting set to put Christmas trees up in the middle of the month. So, oh my gosh! So, so yeah, it's yeah, Christmas is starting to get set up, and uh, and now it's uh, uh, yeah, it's just we on Friday I just covered up my plants with insulated tarps, the, the shrubs that we have in pots that are left over from the season at the end. So we cover them all up with an insulated tarp, and um, so we got that all done on Friday. <laughs> so, oh, just in time. I was a busy beaver on Friday. I was just going like crazy, just trying to get things all sort of picked up and put away before the storm came. And uh, so, but yeah, no, that's so things are put to bed that way. So that ends the season now. I was still planting on on Thursday. I planted some big uh, three inch caliper trees, and uh, and so, but now today it's done. Pretty much, right? <laughs> yes. and, and we're looking at colder temperatures now, like in the minus double digits, uh, actually, for the next foreseeable future. So that's that well, pretty much wraps it up, right? Some of the nighttime temperatures now are to minus 18. So. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, so now it's, um, if you didn't get your leaves raked up, you're probably not going to anymore. No, and I, that was the case with me. You know what I noticed, Rick, is I've so I've got those uh, Dakota Pinnacle birch in my backyard, right? Yep. And yep. there's some other neighbors around the you know Martinsville where I live that also have those trees just kind of yep. blocks away, yep. and all of them, all of them, not just mine, all of them have held onto their leaves for a really long time. Yep. It's it's okay as long as they turn yellow. Okay. Yeah, the top of okay. one of them is a little bit green, but the rest of it's yellow. So the ones that've been green. Typically, sometimes what happens is that you will lose some tip kill. You lose some, some. You could lose some tips. You may not. Yeah. It depends how if they if they if they hardened off enough. You know, they set their buds. But sometimes I think you just lose a little bit of the tips, but it's not going to hurt the tree. Okay. All right. Uh, just remember, in the fall, that's why you need to slow down your even your lawn watering so that you get those trees to turn yellow. Yeah, and they're yellow, but it's kind of kind of funny because you know the rest of the neighbors' trees, the the leaves are like especially with the wind we've had, <laughs> the and, leaves and are birch, gone. And Jay, birches tend to keep their leaves all winter, so as long as it turns yellow, it's not a panic. It's not okay. bad at all. It gives you actually a nice color in the in your yard. Yeah, it's beautiful yellow. It's a yeah. really golden color right yeah. now. Same with the other neighbors' trees that I'm seeing, and theirs are a lot older than mine, so they're quite a bit bigger so you know that you know that they look beautiful i was just a little bit worried like oh man they haven't fallen down yikes yeah no you don't have to worry about them not falling just turning yellow okay excellent uh you know we've got a whole bunch of snow like we talked about uh in the southern part of the province is there should we be piling that up on some of our our tender stuff uh yeah you you can if some if you got a drift one place and nothing another place uh, putting that snow on top like i was just i was clearing snow this morning just trying to get out of my driveway enough just an opening to get through with the skid steer and and uh, when i got underneath the snow a lot of places where the dirt was i was scraping the dirt and it wasn't frozen at all right so i mean yeah so underneath there you put some snow over top of those some of those plants that might be a bit tender up against the foundation that is the best protection you could ever give them Right, right. And that's the case, you know, with the crazy winds we've had and the heavy snowfall in most of the province, yeah. you're going to have places where there's big drifts, you're going to have places where it's been, you know, the snow cuts away and there's yeah. nothing protecting the, the plants and there. Around my yard, there's there's places where I, I, like I said, I had to dig to get it on my driveway, but other parts of my yard, I could still see the grass. Yeah. So, so if there's if there's empty spots where there's a, a tender plant there, just yep. transport the snow over there, right? Dump exactly. it on top. That's the best way thing you could ever do. Right. Okay, cool. Uh, let's get to one of our texts that's rolled in, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. This is from Kate, who's in Saskatoon. Good morning. Do I fertilize my poinsettia plant to get it to turn red? I have it in a room with eight hours of indirect light. So we should go over what we do with our poinsettias, Rick. Okay, so yeah, you should have you been past, you should have been ready because we're in November. 
you should have been starting in September doing, doing 12 hours of daylight and 12 hours of total darkness, like total darkness. That's like putting them in a closet and putting even a piece of towel underneath the door so the light can shine underneath the door. Okay. And uh, so, yes, and then what you want to do is you, you definitely, during the daylight hours, you definitely want to you fertilize them because you want them to grow, obviously. Yep, right. And so uh, you basically want to give them, if you go a half-strength fertilizer inside the house and you do it, a, you fertilize them about every, I would say, about every fourth or fifth watering. Yep. Okay, at a half-strength. Uh, if you want to get them to really grow and then put them in good, bright light, um, um, they, they can even be some direct light. That's not doesn't matter because in the greenhouse, greenhouses they get direct light too, right? And and, they, and the greenhouses supplement because of the daylight. We don't have 12 hours of daylight. They supplement with, with greenhouse lights as well. But then what they do is for nighttime, the greenhouses have black plastic or black drape that they pull over top of the benches to keep it totally dark. In fact, one greenhouse had a spot where the door was open and they had a Coke cooler in one part of the other greenhouse. Yep. And the light shone through the doorway for a bunch of nights and they didn't even realize that. And they had a shadow of, of the ones that didn't turn red where the light was where the light came from the Coke cooler. Wow. <laughs> so so that's where it's, it has to be totally dark. It's that fact, sensitive. Yeah. There's one greenhouse in, in, in Alberta that what they do is they have an agreement with the town because their greenhouse is right in the town. They turn the street lights off when they're doing their poinsettia production. Holy. So for Kate, it's actually, it's, it's, it's even more complicated than she thinks in, in a yeah. way. It's, it's doable, but it's going to be, yeah. you have to be really strict with this. And it's not yeah. eight hours of indirect light like she's giving it. We need 12 hours of really bright light and then 12 hours of solid darkness, right? Yeah. So, so you, you need a, in, in Saskatchewan, you pretty much this time of the year, you, you need grow lights to, to supplement that extra eight, four hours of sunlight. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then, yeah, getting it total, total dark. Yep. Um, and then once, and then once they start turning color, then you can put them right in the sunlight, and then they'll finish off. You know, right, right. As soon as you start to yep. see them actually change to red. So, yep. yeah, Kate, give it some fertilizer, but it's about the light, the twelve hours of light yep. that's really crucial Otherwise, for that. Stay green; they'll be a beautiful plant. Okay. Yeah. They just, I, they just, the bracts won't turn red. That's all. I guess we have to remember that where these come from, they are a tropical plant, right? So, well, when Columbia, they, exactly. Columbia, so they get. 12 hours, all year round, it's 12 hours daylight, 12 hours dark. It's, that's what it is. Yeah, because it does, it's so close to the equator, it doesn't change like yeah. it does here, right? When I was in Columbia, that was quite a few years ago. I mean, there was poinsettias that were 14 feet high and growing in the ditch. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nothing but snow in the ditch here in Saskatchewan. We're going to take a quick break right now. one 877 Join the conversation that way. You're listening to Garden Talk on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. Waking up to some wild weather here this Sunday morning. I'm Jay Thomas. With me, like always, Rick Van Dyke. And uh, we'll just go through a few of the details here, Rick, before we start talking about some of our texts that have rolled in here. Again, if you're listening to the replay of Garden Talk on Sunday afternoon, things may likely have changed by that point. But this morning, here are the latest things that are happening. Uh, we've got, you know, interesting conditions on the roads, for sure, to say the least. Uh, around Regina, we've got a wind warning and a blowing snow advisory. So traveling around the Regina area, still very poor in the city. We're hearing from 
from our Jill Van Dyvendyke, as well as on the highways around the city, most of them being closed right now. We've still got a bunch of warnings uh, out for at least the western part of the province, stretching as far north as Pelican Narrows in Cumberland House. We've got a snowfall warning up there. Wind warnings in Mooseman, Grenfell, Kipling, uh, Winter Storm in Melfort, Camsack, Kenora area, blowing snow, Humboldt, Winyard, Wadena, Winter Storm, Hudson Bay, snowfall, and then wind warnings, uh, Carlisle, Oxbow, Beanface, Stoughton, City Regina, Estevan, Weyburn, Fort Capel, lots of areas. So <laughs> there's uh, no shortage of things happening today. Uh, even yeah, in Saskatoon, you know, what, driving wasn't great this morning, I can say. I think I could have saved you a lot of time just in Saskatchewan. <laughs> well, it's not the whole province, you know, it certainly isn't, but uh, we've got weather, we got weather everywhere, but the worst stuff is definitely in some certain areas, uh, so... Just take out there, take care out there and check out that highway hotline. Like I say, good portions of Highway 1 are closed right now, as well as most of the stuff in and out of Regina as well. And just remember, like normally it would take me, uh, right now, like I drove home last night and, and I couldn't, it was dark and I could barely see the lines and it took me, it would normally take me half an hour, took me an hour and a half to get home. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, it's, that's what you're talking about even today. Like it's, the semis, when I just drove on the highway about 30 minutes ago, they were all doing 60 kilometers hours or less yeah. with their flashers on. So exactly. everybody's going really slow. Yeah, and still, still, uh, you know, bad, bad blizzard conditions basically in the city of Regina as well. Okay, let's go to the text line. one 332 8255 This is from Leroy, who's in Humboldt. So good morning. Just wondering, when is the best time to trim evergreen trees, the lower branches? Thanks very much, he says. You can do them any time, basically from I always say from July July fifteenth right up until uh, till the middle to end of November, and then you can do them again the same time next year. That's the best time to do it. Uh, I don't like doing it first thing in the spring; they tend to bleed a little bit, you know. But uh, spruces aren't as bad as pines. Pines bleed quite a bit, so I like to prune pines from July fifteenth until about the end of September. Then I stop again. Okay. So that's that's for those two uh juniper cedars and that kind of stuff. You can do it again in, in, in later summer. They aren't so bad. I've even trimmed mine in early spring as well. It's not so bad with the cedars. So right now is not a great time then. Not for the spruces, yeah, it's, it's fine. Just not pines right it's not now. Not pines, but right? Do, but you can do spruces, not a problem, till the end of November. Right, right, okay. So it kind of depends uh, for Leroy which one he's got. He just said yeah. evergreens, so keep yeah. that in mind, Leroy. But you know, we were talking, Rick, on the break here. There's lots of other things you can be pruning still right now too. Oh yeah, no, like right now is this is the time. Uh, end of October, November is when I prune a lot of apple trees and that. So if you want to get out there, the temperatures in the daytime are not too bad right now, and so. Uh, just dress up a little warmer, and you can get out there and prune your apple trees. And uh, just remember when you're pruning your apple trees, um, try not to cut pollard them or just cut the top flat off of them. Uh, it takes a lot of energy to put all that new growth up, and then you actually, over time, you just make a worse problem because every time you make one cut at the top, at the top of the tree, it'll make two branches. And so you do that, that this year. Next year, you cut those two branches off. Now you make four. Okay, and so on and so forth. So you just need to get a big rat nest up there. So leave one up and just thin it out. Like if that branch that has side branches coming off it, take one of the side branches off of it. 
let it grow up to as high as it wants, to 12 to 14 feet high, but just thin it out so the light comes down, and then you'll get more apples down in a lower part of the tree. And uh, if you need, if you desperately need to get that that apple at the very top, then you can get a, a, a telescoping basket that you can actually get made for picking apples, and you can use it that way, or you can leave them for the birds. But your tree will be healthier for that. And then take any crossing branches out. Because the next thing you need to do. Uh, take one of them out, and then also if some of the branches are going really long to the side, and you everybody's got their you know step ladders holding up the branches because there's so many apples they don't want them to break. You can take those back by about a third, and then just shape the tree, uh, and then you're perfect for the apple trees. Uh, your spireas, if they're still uh, and potent tillas and nine barks and dogwoods, you can give them a shaping and trimming. And the spireas, uh, I like to every about every fourth year, I like to cut them right to the ground. Oh yeah, right to the ground. It's like they yeah. kind of get woody and gross, don't they? Exactly, and they they'll be way better for it. And then the other years, just give them a just give them a light trimming to cut off the old flower heads. But other than that, every fourth year, cut them right to the ground, and they'll they'll love it. Give them some fertilizer in the spring, and by by June they'll be up fully, almost up to the three feet tall again, and blooming like crazy. So nine barks, they like to be trimmed any time of the year. Okay, they're. They love to be trimmed. They actually do better if they're trimmed. So if you have the purple nine barks, the gold nine barks, just keep them shaped and keep them nice. Same thing the dogwoods. Um, get, sometimes what happens the dogwoods, they get all this, as they get older and taller, they get all this the, the wood instead of a nice red color sticking out of the snow. Mm-hmm. They turn all white and gray. Yeah. So every once in a while I like to take take one of the old branches out if you don't want to take the whole plant down. And then what will happen is you have a hole there, but, but by by the ne- end of the next year, that hole will just about fill right in, especially if you fertilize it, right? Yes. And then next year, I'll take another one, or I'll just cut it, cut it, you know, maybe two or three feet off the ground and cut the whole thing back and just let it come back again the next year. Uh, they don't mind that either. And same thing, uh, uh, now one thing about lilacs, if you have a lilac you want to prune, people always ask me that. If you just want to do a light pruning, do not prune lilacs until after they finish blooming in June, okay? Basically, the beginning of June and end of May. If you if your lilacs got totally out of control, now is the time to cut them back, and you can cut them right back to like a couple feet off the ground if you want. If they're 12 feet high, you can cut them. I've cut mine back to three or four feet tall. Oh, yeah, yeah. You won't, you won't, you won't get flowers for about two years at least. But you'll you'll rejuvenate that plant and it'll be great. Okay, so don't worry about that. So if you have to do a major pruning, do it when it's dormant. If you just want to do a light pruning, prune it right after it finishes blooming in June. Now, what I want to ask lilacs. what I want to ask Rick is is we've got pruning going on now, but temperatures are going to get even colder. You know, in the coming yep. coming weeks and months. Yeah. What uh, what temperature should we cut off pruning? You know, how cold I, should I we prune? Say minus twenty. Okay, so we can prune down to minus twenty when it's colder than yep. that. Leave it alone. After that, just leave it, and you can do it in March again, okay, or the first week of April. Right. Okay, then you can do it. Because what happens if you, if you cut, I find when you cut too cold, I mean, you'll see the arborist doing big trees because they have to do big trees because they, they have to do it all winter long, right? Yeah. But on small branches, I just, I tend to, I'd like to, when I cut them, I don't want the ends to, to, to the sap and that to freeze and that so it's uh it, it's just plus it's not the main thing is not very comfortable to go out there and prune when it's minus 30 degrees <laughs> no nobody wants that anyways that's right <laughs> but, okay but the, but the trees can do very well if you if the snow is off of them again in march or the first week uh, even apple trees i go up to the end of the first week in in april and it's perfect as long after that 
you want to watch because the buds are starting to bud out and you don't want to prune too much after that. All right, we've got to take a quick break here. We've actually got a news update coming up for everyone who's listening. Then we're going to get to some more texts talking about uh, getting, while well, we're taking a few plants out of the ground, seeing if they're going to survive, and what to do with that Christmas cactus uh, from a t- text from Jason as well. So stick around. More to come. one 332 8255 This is Garden Talk on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. Thanks for joining us this morning here at Garden Talk on 980C Jamie and 650CKOM. I'm Jay Thomas, Rick Van Dyvendyke with me. We're waking up to some wild weather, a wind warning, blowing snow advisory in the city of Regina. We've got lots of roads, especially around Regina. Highways are closed right now, most of them in and out of the city. Terrible getting around, still seeing uh, conditions that are just like a blizzard in there. Uh, it extends as far as swift current. We've got lots of travel not recommended parts of the province as well. So uh, make sure, you know, if you're doing some driving today well you might not be because you might not get out of your driveway if you're in the regina area but also if you are uh you know rural saskatchewan take a look at that highway hotline and this is the current conditions this morning if you're listening to garden talk this afternoon in the replay things may well have changed by then so well, check again then. Uh, Rick, we've got uh, an interesting text that's rolled in here from our Murray Wood, who's in Regina. And uh, he wants to ask, he says, I'm getting the foundation on my house dug out. There's a couple of spirea bushes that will be pulled out in the process. Can I leave them for a day or two in this weather and then stick them back into the ground? Yeah, just put them into the garage. Okay, yeah. And just stick them in the garage. And uh, as long as your garage is not heated or nothing, you know, just stick them so this doesn't get... I just don't want it to go. It's supposed if the nighttime is going to go down below minus fifteen, and those roots are exposed, you'll actually freeze some of those roots. Okay. Yeah. The top doesn't matter. It's the roots I'm worried about. So just putting them, um, putting them someplace. Even if you, you know, obviously, put if you wanted to, Jay, you could put them up against the foundation of the house in another spot and throw some snow over top of them. Yep. <laughs> that will keep them until you can dig them out and plant them back in again later. Right, right. And right. I suppose when Murray's when Murray's digging these things up, he should probably take as much soil as he can, put it into like a five gallon pail kind of thing, right? Yeah. Spireas are pretty they'll have a good clump of dirt with them anyways. That's right. just the way the spireas dig out. Yep. They have a good fibrous root system. So you know, that won't be a problem. You know, you you can trim them down a bit and they'll they'll be fine. What he wants to maybe wants to do, Murray, is you can you can cut the, the top back in half. At least, yep. And when you replant them back in, and that will help them to to re to recuperate and get it really established next spring again. Plus, it'll be easier to handle too, right? When you're oh, yeah. moving them around, exactly. instead of a exactly. big tall bush on the top, you can trim it right yep. back down, and that'll be just yep. fine. I like I like leaving it in while I'm handling it because I got more bush to grab hold of, you know. Oh yeah. When, yep. I'm, when I'm carrying it, and then once I plant it, I'll trim it in half. I guess the bottom line is, though, if you just yank them out of the ground and leave them sitting on your lawn somewhere for a few days, it's probably not going to be good for them. Well, as long as it doesn't go below, basically, roots like that, minus 10, they can take up to, no problem. Yep. And uh, just being exposed. Otherwise, in the ground, it's amazing how much warmer it is in the ground. You don't think that, but actually, with when they're in the ground and snow covering them, the temperature's actually not that bad underneath there for the roots. Yeah, and that's right. why they, they can take that. Right. But not just sitting up over it. Just like, just like leaving a, a spirey, if you put it in a pot, nine times out of 10, it won't survive in the pot. Yeah, because the because the frost gets at the roots, and it just just takes it. Yep, exactly. exactly. All right, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Two ways to join the conversation: you can give us a call or text us, like we've gotten a lot of uh, today. Uh, Jason, who's in Maryfield, says. 
Good morning. Wondering what I ca- what care I should be doing for my Christmas cactus. It's been getting fewer and fewer buds year after year, which is interesting because here in the radio station in Saskatoon, we've got one uh, that's in our one area of the office that like keeps getting bigger and more blooms every year. <laughs> so what 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 could be causing that, Rick, for it to be sort of declining a little bit? Declining, it could be in in a pot that's been in the pot way too long. I mean, but they they love to be root bound, so they don't be transplant that option. But it could be that that pot needs to be in a, in a different type of pot. So you might have to put it into a, get some cactus based. I like using a cactus mix of soil. You can buy it's it's basically labeled cactus mix. Yep, a cactus soil, and you can put it in one size larger, so that if you go from a twelve inch, the maximum size if your pot's twelve inches. The maximum next size is going to be 14 inches. Okay, you don't you don't want to put it from a eight inch into a 16 inch. The Christmas cactus won't like that at all. Okay, so if you go six inch, you're only going to go to an eight inch. Okay, that's as big as you're going to go, and put some new soil on it. And the biggest one is that you need to get yourself some cactus fertilizer because if they haven't done any fertilizing of this plant before, the nutrients are done in that pot, okay? So you need to fertilize it, and it needs to be fertilized at least once a month, okay? And also with another tip way to get it to produce more, put it in the the summer, in late summer, put it outside on the deck, and then as the temperatures drop at the end of August, uh, that'll trigger to actually set some buds for the, for the for the season okay and so that cool night i don't want to freeze okay i'm not going to get even close to the freezing i'm, I'm going to put it outside and if it gets a few you know plus eights plus fives that's perfect for that plant and then then you can bring it back inside and then that will trigger to put out a lot more blooms for you okay all right there we go perfect uh, and then lots of sunlight and then lots of lots of sunlight too so you know you know you know south or west window okay if you have a north window you're not going to get as many blooms right all right. Uh, let's go to the text line again. one 332 8255 This is Donna. She says, good morning. I wanted to know your opinion on using pine cones to add to your rock-hard soil in the garden. I know you've heard you've mentioned gypsum before. Where do you where do you get gypsum? So it's kind of a couple of questions here. Yeah. Gypsum, you can almost get it. You should be able to get it almost any kind of garden center or, or even, even the chain stores. A lot of the Home Depots and that kind of stuff will have it as well. Uh, it comes in a bag, uh, so you can buy it that way. Uh, otherwise, you can use, like I said, you can use a pine cones. You can you can get at your garden centers. You have you have uh, cedar mulch. You can put that in there if it's really hard and work that into the soil. Uh, you can use the straight if you make compost at home with all this, not just all grass, you know, grass clippings and that. It has to be you know like branches that you put in there, like from clippings from your prunings and everything else where it's a little bit more, like I, I'll call it, more meaty, okay? It has more sticks and everything else. That's what helps break up the, the hard the hard particles. Like clay, a lot of times, has a bit of sand in it, and the sand in the, in the clay, just when it gets wet, it tightens up all the pores, and it makes it really hard. Right, right. So, um, so, so And also, if you can't find any gypsum, sometimes you can go to a, you know, a, a landscape supply store, and you can find what's called sharp sand. Now, sharp sand is, is actually crushed rock, okay? It's not, not pea gravel. Pea gravel is round rock. That doesn't work. It has to be crushed rock and about an eighth of an inch, okay? And you can put that in as well, too, in, in your garden, and, and the crushed rock will help keep those pores uh, open as well. But to me, I just like using the cedar mulch because it actually breaks down and adds organic matter to your, 
to your soil at the same time. So it's just a better fit for a garden. I'm guessing that for Donna, she's got, you know, some big pine trees in her yard that drop, you know, we've had, uh, and pine trees recently in our province have been overwhelmed with pine cones for a lot of, a lot of them, right? So she's probably just got them falling like rain in her yard, you know, and either you pick them up and throw them out or can you throw them in the garden? So the answer is, yeah, go for it, right? You know what the best thing to do is run them over with a with a with a mulcher on your lawnmower. Oh yeah, okay. Chop them up a bit first, and then put them into your garden. It's perfect. And they don't they don't sprout really. Uh, they're not going to keep pushing no. trees up in the garden, right? No, because your 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 pH unless you're into a lot of like around here, I find if you have a lot of mulch, like cedar mulch or pine mulch or whatever, and then they'll they'll grow they they will seed in the in the mulch. But the the spruces won't typically seed just in topsoil, okay? Just mm. in, unless our pH around in most part of the provinces is not low enough. Now you have, you're up in Prince Albert or you're down by Cypress Hills, yeah, they could they could they could the, those seeds could actually germinate and grow anywhere there, right? Because the pH is just right for them to grow. Yep. But in other parts of the province, yeah, they they won't grow unless they're in a mulch. There's uh, I used to live in Prince Albert uh, a long yep. time ago in my my other radio days and uh, had a little garage in the backyard and there were some pine trees beside it and lo and behold beside the fence in the the garage there's kind of a sort of a two foot gap and yep. there's a row of oh, a bunch of pine cones that all seeded so little tiny little pine trees growing yep. and we took those out took them to the lake to walk a lake and they are pff, forty feet tall now you know. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Those little twigs, they were one little uh, six-inch six inch stick. That's all they were, and they're huge yep. now. It's crazy. Yeah, I took uh, my brother and sister-in-law's place. I, they lived on an acreage just outside of Saskatoon, and they had mulch and all big spruce trees around the whole acreage, like lots of them. And I dug up a 1,000 little Colorado spruces from their from the mulch beds, <laughs> and I potted them all up and grew them, and, and they, um, yeah, they're all growing bigger, way bigger right now. But when I, they, it didn't only took them a couple of years, and they were two feet high in the pot, so it was quite amazing. Awesome. Okay, yeah. we're going to take a quick, quick break right now. We've got a... A text about potting soil from Patty, who's around Waka. Uh, Mandevilla plant, what we're going to do with that from Wendy as well. And uh, more to come. So stick around. one 332 8255 I'm Jay with Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Well, we're going to call it the lightning round. A few texts and a whole bunch of calls to get through right now. I'm Jay Thomas. Rick Van Dyke is on the phone with us right now. And ready to go, Rick. we got some calls. Let's rock and roll. All right. Okay. Going to our first call, waiting the longest. Joe is in Prince Albert right now. Want to talk about his poinsettia. Hi there, Joe. Good morning. Good morning. I have a, I have a poinsettia that's uh, lived in my kitchen since last December and doing really well. However, yep. it's all green now. Yep. Would I still have the chance to stick it? I've heard you put it in a dark place for a while, and if yep. you bring it back out, I'll grow red leaves. Yes, yeah, you you will, but you, you might not make Christmas. You'll be probably closer into January before you'll change now, okay? Okay. You'll get, it'll, you'll get some change, but not the, not the full blowing. You would have to start that basically in September, you know, in the end of September. Right. Uh, but now we're November, so you'll be a little bit later, but you can do it. Just 12 hours of total darkness, 12 hours of light. Oh, so uh, alternated. Uh, yeah, uh, so at nighttime, when the nighttime, put it in a closet so that even your light from your kitchen or your bedroom doesn't come on, doesn't affect it. it has to be yeah. total darkness. And then, then for 12 hours, it has to be light. So at nighttime, put it in dark, 
Daytime, okay. put it out in the light, and even supplement some light if you can. Sure. And if I don't do that, it'll just continue to grow green leaves. It'll be, it'll be a beautiful green plant. Perfect. Okay. okay. Thanks, guys. Okay. Thanks, Joe. Take care. Bye. one 332 Got to keep moving here. Violet is in Kegley right now. Good morning, Violet. Good morning. You have a question about a Gerber daisy. Is that correct? Yes. I, it's about uh, five years old. It, uh, my daughter gave it to me in a, like in a, in a package. It was, a, I think, a, quite a few plants together in this one pot. And it's just uh, getting overwhelming now. I'm wondering how I could transplant it, and is it now or later? Uh, you could do it now. It wouldn't be a problem. Um, and so what you can do is just don't put it into a real big pot, though. Just go into one size larger. Uh-huh. Okay? So just whatever break them size apart. Would I break the uh, pieces apart? Because it looks like there's many uh, plants in this one great big huge pot. Uh, you can uh, if there's if there's a big if there's a bunch of plants you can split them. Yes, you can. Uh-huh. And then put some in each pot. Yes. Okay. And one in a pot would be good, or do or should I put one or two, two or three? You could whatever you want to do. If oh, you want I see. One in a pot. Just in any kind of soil. Uh, just, use a, just, just, just a regular Schultz's or Premier or a Sunshine mix or whatever. Just a, an all-purpose potting mix. That's all you okay. need. Okay, and 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 now would be a good time to do it. Perfect. Could you do it a little later too, or no? Could Rather do it now. Anytime. You could do it anytime. Anytime. Uh, okay. Anytime, right That's now, anytime. Question. Yeah. Yeah, thank okay. you very much, and enjoy your show. I missed your two-hour show. <laughs> Thanks, Violet. Thank Appreciate you. it. Take care. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. one 332 8255 Next call is from Paul, who's in Saskatoon. Paula, uh, you just wanted to say thanks to Sask Power. Hey, those guys, like, they were out in a storm yesterday. Two hours, my power was out. Oh, crazy. Kudos to those guys. Yeah, right. I, they do an yeah. incredible job. They're out there in the worst weather, always making sure things the light, lights are coming back on. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah, awesome. well, I had a fireplace, which was nice. You know, got my first fire. And uh, <laughs> Jiffy Pop popcorn. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Good you, good Thanks, you kept guys. warm. Thanks, Paul. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to move on to our last caller here who's in Saskatoon. Ian wants to talk about uh, the prairie lilies that we have. Hi, Ian. Yeah. Hi, Rick. Um, I would like to have a couple of the, our provincial lilies, and I, I I understand it is illegal to pick them. So, is there any way to legally obtain them? Uh, some of the garden centers will have them, actually, and so they'll they'll, they'll commercially grow them. And so you just have to, you have to ask them, and then if you want the exact one, otherwise we have ones that are that are hybrided ones, which are actually look exactly the same, only the flowers bigger and everything else, okay? So you can always okay. go to that one, too. Yeah, well, I, I would, I've always just wanted to have a, a couple of the real ones. I, I yeah. didn't know that. Thank you very much. Yep. All right, You're thanks, welcome. Ian. Take care. Okay. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We've got a couple minutes, Rick. We're going to go through our texts here as quick as we can to make sure we're getting yeah. everything done. Uh, this is from uh, Waka, and it's from Patty. Good morning. I brought some soil, some potting soil in from outside to start some cuttings. Now I'm noticing little bugs flying around, and they're in the soil. How do I get yeah. rid of them? Okay, the best way, the easiest way to get rid of them is just uh, cut a slice of potato and stick it on top of the soil and leave it there for a day or two, and then you, if you pick it up, you'll find little tiny uh, maggots, little worms, okay, from the, from the flies, and then you can just take a spoon, there'll be some underneath it, and just 
toss all that away, put a new slice of potato on. You can do that's one way. Yep, that's uh, it works really good. The old the school way, way. Yep. The other way you can do also you can put some sticky little sticky traps. They're called sticky traps. Yep. They're a tiny little round yellow uh, trap that catches the adults. Okay, you can do it that way. And also there's another thing called pot poppers. And what it is is a nematode that you can put from Premier Tech. You can put the nematode in uh, on the top of the soil, and then that's a little, little another little bug that goes after the worms. And, and you know then that'll. That'll destroy them too. I think you've used those. Haven't yeah, you? and they are the easiest thing because you basically sprinkle it on the soil, mix it in, keep it moist, and that's yep. it. They stop. They just—they're all gone in yep. a week or two. No more problem at all. So they're the, it's the easiest solution. It costs a little yep. bit of money, but it's the easiest solution for sure. Called called pot poppers. Yep, exactly. Or nematodes yep. for for, nematodes. for plants. Yep, exactly. Yep. Uh, a couple of ways you can buy them. Uh, we ha- we talked about Christmas cactuses already. So uh, Ray was talking about you know another another established Christmas cactus that wasn't blooming. He texted us about. Text us about that. Uh, we had a text here from uh, Joanne in Yorkton. Is it okay to use alfalfa pellets for a Christmas cactus? Absolutely. You can use alfalfa pellets for any plant. It's a good organic fertilizer. It has so many micronutrients that are good for any plant. It's way better than some of the regular fertilizers like 2020 because that's just NPK, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium. Yep. But you, you could actually use in combination uh, the alfalfa pellets and some of the other type of fertilizer if you want to get a lot of more growth. But if you want to sustain it, the alfalfa pellets work good because it has boron, magnesium. It has all the other micronutrients in it, which the plants need as well. And one simple text here from Leslie, can I trim my Saskatoon berries? Answer is yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Now or uh, up to the even in the in March or the first week in, in April works well, too. All right. got to run. Thank you for joining us this afternoon or this morning, I should say. Uh, watch those roads. Keep your headlights turned on. Be safe out there. And otherwise, we'll see you same time, same place next weekend. Thanks again. I'm Jay. Thomas with Rick Van Dyvendyke. You've been listening to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.